0: What are three books that you'd bring with you? Stuck on an Island for Life. Yeah. You got three books. Stuck on an Island
1: for Life, and I have three books. Okay, so my... One of the books that I would bring is The Hillbilly Elegy. Have you guys ever heard of that one before? No. I have not. So it's actually about a guy that's from middletown so right by us Hmm. it's a really great book and it's basically the story of him and him growing up kind of being from a not great roots not great uh family life and then him going on to i believe it was stanford and studying law and then now writing this number one selling book and all these different things and just so happens to be from middletown so he talks about middle town and areas that we would know and all these different things and i think that's a really interesting book so that's one because that's one of my favorite books and obviously close to home um number two i would bring the biggest book that I could possibly find just <laughs> in case i want to burn it for use on the island dictionary uh, a dictionary something <laughs> along those lines they use as kindling nice. um and then I think I would go, if this counts, with like a uh, family photo album or something to remember everybody back home.
0: So today, it is my pleasure to have with us one of my uh, longest friends. I think uh, our guest today has actually been one of my friends for... Uh, definitely the majority of my life, probably since I was about eight or nine years old. Um, So our guest today is the one and only Mr. Dane Toadvine. Dane, what is going on, my man? Not
1: too much, Josh. Thanks for having me. I would also like to note that not only is Josh one of my best friends, but he's also been one of my best friend's best friends since he was eight and then he ended up marrying my best friend's sister so i did i I know most of us know that but that good good backstory there we all started off as friends and ended up marrying our best friend's sister
0: nice i don't i don't know if that's uh i don't know if that's like a i feel like i always have a hard time like telling people that like yeah like when they tell me about when they ask about my wife and i'm like yeah, I, so I started dating my best friend's sister in high school, and it's always kind of like this, oh <laughs> Like,
2: I don't know if I should tell people that.
0: <laughs> That's funny, though. But he's right. We, we, uh, we, we definitely so our my brother-in-law, Nick, uh, was also uh, one of our best friends growing up and still is one of our best friends. And uh, yeah, his sister, Anna, is, is my wife. I actually told Nick that I think I made the best move that a friend could make because basically I just ensured... That I would be in his life forever, no matter what. Well,
2: that that's the approach you're gonna take.
0: Yeah. So All I right, actually okay. my action actually showed that I loved him more than anybody else. Sure, sure. I <laughs> yeah. bound myself to him for life. <laughs>
2: fair enough, fair enough. At All you that... single young guys out there, take notes. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Marry your best friend's sister. It's a great option. Although in high school, Dane always told me to break up with her.
2: whoa whoa, whoa.
0: oh man (laughs) that one's off the record that is the truth that is the truth oh man um well guys i am super excited about this episode because to be honest dane to me has just always been um one of the most fascinating people um he you, you guys will get to hear all about kind of his his journey and and where he's at now and what he's doing but uh Dane has just always been somebody who is extremely intelligent, uh, extremely self-motivated, and uh, also just a, a very loyal friend. That's uh, when, I, as I was kind of thinking of ways to describe Dane today, that, that's one of the words that came to my mind. Was just like a very loyal friend. There was probably many a times where Dane could have had the opportunity to uh, to ruin my life by by uh, maybe. Telling telling uh, his parents or other people that I was involved in something that I didn't want to be involved in, but he did not. So um, there were uh, <laughs> loyal is is definitely a, a good word to describe him. So um, yeah, I mean, you guys will get to hear today all about um, Dane's college journey, um, everything that led up to that, of course, but also Dane's Dane's college journey, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna focus quite a bit on uh, just. His career and where he's at now and kind of what brought him there and really just kind of what what motivates Dane and uh, what got him to where he's at now. So what we usually do is uh, we hand the mic over to our guests and kind of have them give a little bit of background about, you know, where they grew up, um, the kind of things that shaped their life and where they kind of maybe gained some of their some of their interests and, and some of their passions and, and whatnot. So, Dane, I will give you the mic now and, and let you kind of uh, explain some of that. You can start wherever you like, whatever age. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll have questions along the way. Cause as, as long as I've known Dane, I'm sure there is a lot of things about his story that, that I haven't heard. And I'm sure this is the same for Joe and probably the same for many people listening. So Dane, the mic is all yours.
1: Yeah. So I just like to start off by saying where I'm at right now currently I'm in about a hundred square foot apartment (laughs) in New York city in the midst of the coronavirus, Mm -hmm. um, which can seem bad, but there's been lots of great things about it. I've, I've been able to start my career. I've really gotten close to my boss, my coworkers. And I think one thing that I've really been able to do as well is kind of reflect on myself, my life, um, how I got here, why I got here, what are some of the other things that, i would like to do and like to accomplish and i'm somebody who likes to move pretty quick on everything so i don't think that i have had that time to reflect um in the past so one of the things that are really where i started and i think my story starts um is my mom who's been on this podcast previously um she got pregnant with me at 17 and um my dad and mom never got married, so I got the last name Toadvine hyphenated Caudell. So I have to explain that to everybody why I have a hyphenated last <laughs> name, how that came to be. Everybody in New York thinks it's because I'm a really rich French person, <laughs> um, and that's that's not quite the the story as you'll see. But I've obviously been blessed with many gifts and many material things uh, along the way. Um, I guess going off that, my parents were both been very, very different. Um, my mom and my dad. My mom is the nicest, sweetest person, the whole positive person in the world. Uh, and my dad is also one of the most caring and loving people in the world. But he, he tends to show it in a way kind of like I do, a little more, more hardened. And I think that I've been a very good mix of those two people. And the journey that I've had has largely been... Due to those two people and, and kind of where I've, where them as young parents have taken me. So as a young child, I got to go to Ohio university uh, with my mom. That was my, my first trip there, my first trip to college. <laughs> and I, I think what this really showed me and, and I don't think that I even got to know it at the time, but reflecting on, on things is, that I was surrounded by people who loved me and surrounded by people who wanted to talk to me. And it may have been my mom's college friends who would um, take me into the, the bathroom and have get a whole bunch of paper towels wet and throw them at the mirror and, and do stuff like that. But I was always surrounded by people and they were always loving on me and always teaching me things. And, and I think part of the, the thing that was awesome is that I got to go to these child care centers that all the professors kids went to so they were super super well done and I think that's really where I got my sense of of learning and appreciation for knowledge and appreciation for being around people who really want to push you and just show show you kindness and and love and also a love of knowledge and i Remember at UD, especially where my mom, when we moved back to Dayton and went to University of Dayton, that there's a teacher there. And I've always been a little bit of a teacher's pet. But this, uh, this teacher was, was my, my favorite and kind of taught me all these different things and really instilled a, a deep love of learning that I've kind of taken with me um, throughout. So I don't know if you guys have any questions there or if you want me to continue or what you would like to do.
0: Yeah, I kind of, I mean, I I, I guess uh, kind of a question slash observation. So, you know, one of the things that I can always remember, uh, you know, about you growing up is just, I feel like you were somebody that was very, um, very dedicated to understanding th- truly how something works. Like, I feel like a lot of people, they can take, they, they can, they're okay with somebody saying, hey, you know, A plus B equals C. And then they're just like, okay, great but I feel like, you know, you're somebody that's a little bit more like, well, tell me what A is comprised of, well, you know, how do you get A in the first place? How do you get B in the first place? Like, I feel like you were kind of always that kind of person. Do you, So, first of all, do, do you agree with that? And then second of all, do you feel like even, even that early of an age, that's kind of what drove you into uh, having that kind of attitude, you know, through middle school and high school and then into college? Yeah. So
1: that's definitely a big part of it. And I think part of it was just how I was born. I, you can ask my mom and dad the thing that I'd ask the most, but it'd be like, hey, can I ask you something? And I would always ask them, hey, why is this doing this? Why is that doing that? Almost exactly like what you're saying. And I did that from a very young age, basically, since I can remember talking. And I think that I've always had a curiosity about things. Um, whether it be good or bad, sometimes my curiosity can get me into trouble <laughs> but i've always had a a deep curiosity to kind of learn want to learn and want to experience a lot of different things, It just kind of pushed me a little bit deeper like um today while i was I was getting on while I was getting ready thinking about some of the things uh for this podcast and thinking about reflecting on things. I found an Aristotle Wikipedia and then I was researching
0: Aristotle for like 45 <laughs> minutes. Um, nice.
1: <laughs> I, I, I get myself in down in those, those rabbit holes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Dane uh, is like the only everything. person that I know who, when we were, I mean, gosh, probably like 14, 15 years old, was uh, trading Bitcoins or mining mining for Bitcoins or whatever in the world it's nice. called. Uh, and I, he would. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say, well, as
1: some of you guys know, Duke Bulls. He he got me. He got me started. Nice. He he was like, "Hey, here's a little machine. Figure out how it works, um, and go from there." And I re- I did. And I wish I kept my big one because it was worth a lot more than when I sold it at like three hundred dollars or whatever it was. <laughs> Should have listened to Duke. Shout out the the Duke Bulls. I I screwed up on that. Always
2: one. listen to Duke, right? Yeah, I don't know about <laughs> exactly.
0: that. Duke told me one time that he had a friend who literally who who from selling his Bitcoin, retired at 34 years old. And oh, I, was I, know like, that. That yeah. I know about that. That could definitely happen. Golly. That's insane. Yeah.
1: Well, because I, if I would have kept the very little Bitcoin that I had at the top, it would have been worth like $10,000. And that was from my like couple days of listening to Duke and setting up the machine and using all my parents' like
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can remember asking you, like, Stop. you had this thing plugged into your computer, and I was like, what is this thing, dude? And you're like... It's a minor. And I'm like, what are you talking? What do you mean it's a minor? Like, how does this work? And you're like, something with algorithms. And I was just like, forget it. Like, because I definitely was not one of those. I well, I shouldn't say in every regard. I would say in certain regards, I was not one of those people that's like, I must know how this works. I was just like, sounds like it's over my head. Uh I'll just take your word for it.
2: Just know you gotta respect the blockchain. That's all. That's all you gotta yeah. know. <laughs> there you
0: have it. Joe, did you get into there Bitcoin?
2: It. Yes, I did. Oh, <laughs> i also listened to duke bowls for a little while
0: <laughs> did you lose money there you go uh no
2: no i didn't lose it mm. i got scared and that's I mean, <laughs> dane you know that fear fear rules all that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah that, um,
0: that is that's funny that is definitely the case. um well i know i got us off track there with with the uh, bitcoin talk <laughs> and all that stuff but uh yeah so you know you kind of left off with uh with being at UD and kind of the influence that some of the, the teachers there uh, had had on you, uh, how, how old were you at that time when your mom was was going to school there and uh, when you guys moved back to Dayton? Uh,
1: I mean, this is, this is all like preschool time. So I don't really remember my time at OU that much besides like what my mom tells me. But I specifically remember um, this teacher and she literally would help me out and anything that I needed all the time. She brought me honey in from her farm because I loved it. Like all this different stuff. I think it just goes to show how in developing someone at whatever age, how these little things can really help push someone. And you may not even know it. Mm. And I think that that's really big encouragement to teachers and, and teachers of whatever, maybe of religion of in the classroom. And I, I think that I've also been blessed with having a mom who is an amazing teacher and super patient and always willing to help me learn. Um, and I think surrounding yourself with people like that, but also knowing that you can possibly have that effect on somebody, whether it's through doing this podcast or whatever else is something that can be really powerful moving forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's even probably a big encouragement to your mom, you know, just with all the stuff she's doing with, uh, hope for Miamisburg and, miami valley leadership foundation like you know the mentoring and stuff that's pretty much pretty much what that's all about is just coming alongside kids when they're when they're young and just having a you know a positive adult figure in their life so i totally agree with that um so you know left off at preschool and kind of the the experience and the the kind of that memory of that teacher at dayton so where would you say where would you say was kind of your next like i guess uh I guess most memorable most memorable part of your life was that elementary school or, or middle school, or uh, you know was there just kind of a bunch of stuff in there that shaped yeah. you? so
1: i I've kind of thought about um, the chapters of my life, and I think they're really the next chapter and something that really affected me. Um, was just going through and seeing and kind of learning from my parents and these different things and seeing how much they loved mm-hmm. me and how much they wanted me to learn. So my first day of kindergarten, my dad Jeremy and my stepdad Brian actually both showed up as as my two dads um, to the kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So some people thought that that, that was a little, a little strange, <laughs> but it was my it was my my real dad and stepdad there helping me um, along the way, and they've both been super positive role models in my life. And one of the things that I um, that I always can remember is just how much my real dad and and if. How much he would struggle um, through certain things, but he would always make sure to provide for us. And I could remember every single year um, being with him on Christmas Eve, and we'd come down, and there would be so many presents that it would be unbelievable—like more presents than you could ever imagine. <laughs> it was one of the things that, even though it was material, it was one of the things that really um, sticks in my mind as as a young as a young kid. But I, I think going off that, another thing. Um, like I said, my, my dad, uh, did struggle as we all do. And, uh, the next part of my life was him actually, uh, going to jail. And I, to be honest, I don't even really know what age I was. It really doesn't matter, but I can just remember being told. And I remember my grandma coming and I remember, um, crying for like 24 hours straight right. And that's it's something that is to this day very, very deeply ingrained in me. Um and moving forward I will there was times where I was, you know, I was afraid to stay the night at people's houses because I wasn't with my mom and I was afraid that something would happen to her and all these different things that I've I can just remember then being very very hard to deal with and and um things that I struggle with, especially being so, so young and, and just thinking about how how all those things have affected me. And, um, I I think that that's something that really shaped me, but I think that the biggest thing about it is that, um, coming back from that, I, I really knew, um, how much my, my dad still loved me. And I, I was able to kind of heal once he got out of jail. And, And I realized that, you know, he's my, dad and you know my dad's in jail and as a young person that's super scary like my dad's a criminal my dad's this my dad's that he's not going to love me he's going to hurt me like all those things go through your Mm -hmm. mind as a little kid and and i think when it it always took a while even him getting out of jail but i i realized that he was my same dad nothing had changed after a year besides that i missed him even more and i loved him even more when he got back out And i think that that's a a a very hard thing for some people. And I think that it was really tough for me, but it's helped me in the long run and and kind of go through something that um, hurtful that early on. And I I think there's a lot of people that go through a lot worse and I don't want to make my situation the same as theirs, but it's nonetheless something that's still really shaped me. And then the other, the big takeaway that I I would say and that I encourage other people um, about is just how positive a role model that, um, my stepdad Brian was for me and how he's always been there for me and really just been able to, um, lead and teach as a positive male figure. If my, you know, biological dad stepped out for a moment and and he was there ready to fill in at at any moment. And I think that having somebody there that's, that's positive role model for you is, is huge. You know, really big in, in being a, a rock for me, even though uh, I did realize how much, you know, my my biological dad maybe maybe messed up, but that he still loved me as well. And I, so I think that that was kind of a, a big stepping stone in my life and maybe hardened my heart a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's also helped me um, face other obstacles when I got older, right? like yeah. there, it, Some things just seem... Seem easier after you go through something like that, especially kind of at a young formative age. I'd say, well, I think,
2: you know, something something like that, um, where you know it's not, you know, it's not leave it to beaver, you know. I mean, because I, I yeah. came from a, a situation of, you know, parents got divorced at a young age, and um, I mean, it wasn't as amicable as what your situation sounds like. I mean, you get my mom and my dad to you know, even close together, even today, it's like a methane room with a match. Um, But I mean, something like that, like a childhood like that, that's, that's filled with um, having to learn and experience things at a rapid pace. um, I think it can help shape, but it also Mm -hmm. opens doors for other people in your little, little sphere to come in Mm -hmm. and influence you in ways that other kids, they they might not have had that opportunity, you know. Where, you know, if if a mom and dad are in the home, it's it's primarily those two. And I'm not talking every situations mm-hmm. like this, but yeah. primarily it's it's mom and dad influencing that kid. Where, you know, when when there's this this community attitude of hey, you yes. know, it it's got to take all of us to raise this kid. You know, it it can allow all of these different influences to come in, mm-hmm. and I think that in the long run, you know, I, I think that can be a benefit can be not in every situation. And I would, <laughs> I would say
1: that I'm very, yeah. I mean, there's definitely positives and negatives that. You can have negative influencers and role models. That's why it's right. so important to have those positive people in your life. And the other thing I would say about that is um, my dad uh, at that time was, had um, basically two other kids going to be three other kids. So my two little brothers, half brothers with my um, stepmom at the time, and then my someone I still call my my sister, but my stepsister at the time, then as well, and my uh, mom and dad both also. My my mom and dad, Brian both also would would help with them. And I think it helped me realize that you know there there's community and there's family all all around mm-hmm. you, and that my mom would would be able to. You know, help with my brothers and be amicable, and I think those are all things that I saw through a lens that really helped me. And now I there's a lot of ways where I where I'm not the best, but I've always been um, very grateful for opportunities to help out children and very um, fond of teaching other people and those things. And I think that, that's, that seeing that stuff can really really change. And especially i think when you're in a moment of pain seeing something positive like that can really just change your whole outlook on all those things and i think that i was very 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 lucky to have that in my life and like you said my mom and dad be kind to each other and be around each other for games like that that's those things could have even something that little you don't know how much that can really impact where i'm at
0: today you know yeah yeah definitely I mean, kind of as as you guys were talking about those things, I, I mean, just what I'm thinking is the opportunity that you had to to see what family really means, you know, that it yeah. doesn't necessarily just mean blood, that it doesn't necessarily just mean uh, even who you live with, but really just, uh, just who you love. I mean, from, from what I know about your story, Dane, even your, your grandma and grandpa are actually, uh, well, both your, gra- both your grandma and grandpas, but, uh, just because of the fact that I know your one side of your family a little bit better than the other, like your grandma and grandpa toad vine were a huge part of your life growing up. Isn't it? Is it, is that right?
1: Oh yeah. hundred percent. I was in my grandma's van going back and forth from Ohio university at least once a month. More than that, I know, too. And I think also is that um, my grandma is somebody who will help everybody out. She's helping people out today. The, the she always wants to be doing all those things. And and my grandma and grandpa definitely helped in every single way throughout my whole entire life. And it's just another amazing support system I've had. And I think they have also been an amazing support system for many um community members across Miamisburg and across the Montgomery um county area. Yeah,
2: absolutely. They are amazing people. I just ha- I had to say it. Oh, okay, it's recorded forever. <laughs> They're amazing people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um so I think I think going off of that is especially what you said, Josh, about, you know, family isn't necessarily blood. I think that's a great time to talk about the the next chapter of my life and one of the the most formative so my my parents started talking about adoption which i I don't think there was really a time that i wasn't necessarily on board for it because i you know i was older um if i was younger i think i probably got a little jealous to have two (laughs) two new kids um i was also super spoiled by my grandma and grandpa i was the (laughs) only kid for like i don't even know how many years let's call it six years six-ish years, so I I basically got like every single grandkid um present that they have now for like six years. <laughs> nice. So that was another another a source of me being spoiled. Um, but they really decided to adopt, and one of the things that that I really wanted was um, a little brother I would be able to play basketball with, and that that's a little, what I was I was super excited. That was like one of their selling points. I'm like, wait, hey, we're gonna get you a little brother. It's gonna be um somebody that you can play basketball with you can teach all these different things um and so we we adopted two of maybe the cutest kids in the whole entire world um <laughs> Tristan and Shane, and my mom um i don't I can't remember exactly what she talked about, but you know we were one of however one hundred or whatever the exact number was applicants, and we ended up having Tristan and Shane in their home, which was absolutely amazing and I would say they've both taught me so much and it kind of goes just to to teach again, that, you know, family isn't just blood. As soon as they came into our family, um, when they went and met everybody that first Easter, they were calling people grandma and grandpa. Mm. And they called me brother immediately and told me they loved me. And it was just an amazing source of, of love and of caring of seeing something even so innocent. And it's like, for me personally, I think it's made things like thinking about stuff with my dad or other things like that. It's, it's softened my heart in certain ways and really just also made me feel very connected to family. And I think that's one of my highest, highest priorities. I know that was a little bit all over the place, but um, that's there. And the other thing is, is I have to mention this is if you guys have met Shane, he is not really that in the <laughs> No, he is not. Um, <laughs> But he he is a absolute character. Um we've just started this thing where he texts me every day. Nice. He texts me his toys, he'll show pictures, and I think that he's taught me a lot in terms of um everybody has their special gifts and special abilities and he may not be a basketball player, but I tell you what, he can make you smile in about any situation. Mm. I just think that I think that really understanding the gifts of, of every person is, is very important. And I have, I have gifts that other people don't have. I was blessed with intelligence. I was blessed with all these other things. Shane is blessed with this absolutely comedic smile and attitude. And, you know, he, he might be a little strange and he knows he's a little strange sometimes, Um, but he, he has his own gifts and he does it all in his own way and he makes everybody smile and laugh. And I think that that's something that I've also really learned through Tristan and Shane is that their gifts are very different from mine, but it doesn't make my gifts better or their gifts worse. And just to go off of that, um, I think one of the things that I've thought about is one of my best friends from kindergarten, um, she joined the Peace Corps and moved to Togo, Africa, and she was able to serve in that way and be in a place that is Pretty much the exact opposite of New York City, and in a position that's, you know, very opposite of mine. But in the end, how do you compare which one is actually better? You know, and I think that that's something that I I kind of think to myself is, what makes what makes what somebody does better than what somebody else does. And I think that that's an interesting way to look at people's gifts and look at um, kind of what people do in the world and. That's something that I struggle with thinking about, but it's, it's kind of interesting way to look, to look at things.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I would say that we all could probably all could probably be challenged to to think through things in, in that kind of light, because, you know, I think it's especially with the culture that we live in. I mean, my goodness, it's so easy to think that, you know, the gift that's more important is the gift that gets more attention. It's the gift that, you know, yeah. draws more whether it be draws more likes or draws more revenue or draws more, whatever, like draws more attention in, in any capacity. I think we kind of just automatically assume that that's uh that that's the better one, but uh, man, that was so good. Just the, the fact that that's, that's not true. And how, how can you compare them? Um, and then <laughs> to backtrack a little bit, one of the things I was going to say is when you started to tell the story about like, you know, I just wanted a little brother I could play basketball with. I was just smiling internally, just knowing like, how much Shane like does not, does not like (laughs) to play basketball. But I also was thinking like Shane really is one of those guys that, I mean, I've, I've been, been over to Dane's house my entire life. Um, Actually, funny enough, probably just as much in the last couple of years as when we were in middle school and high school. But, you know, anytime (laughs) I see Shane, I can, I can honestly say, I don't think I have ever walked away from having an encounter with Shane where I did not genuinely laugh, like to the point where my stomach almost hurt, whether it be because he's like showing me these toys and like telling me about this world that he has created in his mind with these, these like little action figures that he has or this game that he's playing or whatever's going on. It's just like, man, I wish I had that kind of creativity where, you know, you can come up with a whole different world inside your mind. Um, So definitely, Definitely true um, that everyone's everyone has different gifts and uh, that those those can be used in a lot of different ways Um, That's good. So I guess uh, so next, uh, you know, I, I know you mentioned you know, obviously there's things with your dad uh, really shaped you. And, and and so I don't know if there's any other place that you kind of wanted to to jump in and, and talk about, you know, through childhood or whatever. But, you know, one of the things that I'll mention about Dane and Dane, you can you can backtrack and cover anything you want. But one of the things that I'll mention about Dane is uh, for those of you that don't know, Dane is a, a very, very intelligent person. As a matter of fact, he was the valedictorian of our high school class. And then not only that, but went on to OU where he, I believe it was triple majored. Is that right, Dane?
1: Yeah. Trip-
0: That's what they tell me. <laughs> so, triple major in three and a half years. And the cherry on top is had a 4.0 the entire time. So, you know, Dane mentioned a couple of times just this this love for knowledge and, you know, this gift of just uh, intellect and, and this desire to to just consume consume more knowledge. And uh, so, you know, Dane is very, very special in that regard and, uh, you know, has, has set himself apart in, in that way. Um, so, Dane, if there isn't anything else you want to cover, like when you were in high school, I remember you mentioning something to me a couple of days ago about how like you internally kind of committed yourself to a certain goal. And as I mentioned earlier in the episode, I've always known you as someone who's extremely self-motivated so if you don't mind kind of speaking to that a little bit just like that internal goal and then kind of that self-motivating attitude that kind of carried you through high school and then on into college and even to where you are now
1: yeah so i there's a lot of things that go into that and i think part of it is you know the things that i've seen and how i was raised and all these different um things and like One, I was also, my grandma was my eighth grade teacher. So when we were going to fill out the stuff for freshman year, she told me like, hey, maybe I should, if I do wanna ever try to be valedictorian, you need to be taking these classes. She didn't push me in any way, but she told me that I should sign up for these classes. And I think the one thing that I've really learned from that point on is that you can make one simple decision and it may be the easier decision at the time but it can close some other doors. So mm-hmm. I think that starting then, I really realized that there's these small decisions that that even at the time are, are small and maybe may not be that big in the long run, but they really can close some doors. So maybe it's, hey, I've had a really bad day at work. I don't want to you know go network with this person. And then that could have been the job or opportunity that you have, where for me, if I would have just not literally checked the box it was possible that I wanted to be torrent. And I, I never really had necessarily the motivation that that's what I wanted to do. Um, but then, um, again, going into my freshman year, my, my dad, um, went to jail again. And it, it's really weird this time. I don't remember crying at all. I don't, I don't re- really remember being too angry. Um, the thing that I really remembered was like, what can I do for my two little brothers to make sure, because they're, you know, they're close to the age that I was when uh, mm. the first time that you went to the jail. And I know that this is really going to affect them. I just, I, I, my really thought was, what can I do to help them? And then the other thought, which is really weird, and I don't know how... It really came about, but my dad always pushing about for everything, and my my mom didn't really. And I kind of sat there as all I was processing all of this before going into freshman year, and I'm just like, uh, you know what? I I think that my dad is probably smarter than me. He's definitely not better looking than me. I won't give him that one. <laughs> but he he was he was born in in definitely a, a much harder way than I was. But yet he's he still loves me and all these different things that that I I thought about the hardships in his life and maybe the things that could have made him struggle. Uh, right then and there, I was like, "Yep, I'm uh, getting an A the rest of my life, and I'm not I'm not uh, working in construction like he does. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I really want to. And there's nothing wrong with construction jobs. I I my favorite job in the whole entire world is UPS, um, but. I kind of committed myself right then and there to, Hey, I'm going to get an A in every class. And it's because I know that I have the ability to, that God has given me the gift of knowledge and, and of, of these things that I, that I have to use. If I don't get A's, it's because I'm not trying. Mm -hmm. That's really the only reason why. And I need to make sure that I, that I'm doing this. And, and I would also mention in there that it like, this wasn't, a good thing and a lot of other ways like I was the worst ever to my mom for that full year and I feel absolutely awful for it now and I apologize to her pretty often so I think that's one way that I let my anger show but I, I didn't really let it show in many other ways I probably had my my best year in sports my one of my best years in school and I was making friends and doing all those things that were pretty awesome but then I really really um, kind of lashed out against my mom for that whole entire a year, whole entire year. And, and looking back, I think it's that I kind of took her for granted, you know, like I never would have acted like that with my dad. Cause I, you know, there was times where he was taken away from me. Whereas I, I took this family bond, that really person that has given me everything throughout my life and kind of took it for granted. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the, the moments that I regret most of of my life. And I'm, I'm saying this, I've only lived 22 years, so that doesn't really mean too much, but it's just one of those times that I remember looking back like, yeah, this is, this is not, not how I I want to to act. But I think it's just really strange that, that I, that I was able to to take in a hard event like that and, and use it as motivation and and self-motivation and just realize that, Hey, there is this, there's this bad thing, but I can use it to push me. And, you know, I think that you you can look at. There's very many good examples out there, but there's also bad examples, and you have to use those to help guide you to what you want to to, to go after. Um, For sure, yeah. And then I I guess going going after that, there's kind of a, a cycle here. Is um, I went through senior year, realized I was most likely going to be valedictorian. Um, applied to you know, University of Tennessee, that's where my dad wanted me to go, but applied to OU, that's where my mom wanted me to go. And I never really thought about applying to you know, maybe a, a more distinct school, um, but I, I, I think that everything happens for a reason, and, and I ended up going to OU, and it was um, perfect for me, and we can get there in a second, but moving moving uh, before that, I, when I was making my decision to go to OU, my senior year, my um, dad uh, went to jail again, and this time happened right after a basketball game. And uh, I remember coming out, and I, and I didn't really notice my dad wasn't there. It was against West Carrollton, and I played well and well for me. So that means I probably had like nine points, eleven turnovers, and you know, <laughs> two like a rebound, right or something.
0: So so that's like that's like yeah.
1: that's like my best path, my best. Uh, <laughs> That varsity <laughs> stat did right we there. lose that game Dan? almost no we didn't. the senior year no we won the away game at west Croton senior year home game i didn't play because allegedly i
0: kicked some oh man, man i remember <laughs> that i remember that yeah xenia guy yeah allegedly yeah <laughs> i didn't do it i swear i promise
1: well that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a different story. So maybe I do maybe I do take my anger out. Maybe i on the whole podcast, Which I, I definitely do. I do take my anger out on, on pretty often. But so I come I come out after this game and I re- remember my mom looks at me and, and I could tell something wasn't wrong and or wasn't right and she's like, Hey, your dad didn't show up, we think he's in jail, you gotta talk to your little brother. And uh I I remember like being like uh, kind of kind of in a state of shock and explaining to my little brother pretty much what I well, my actual honest thoughts and it was hey like we're going to get through this your dad you just need to know that your dad loves you like that's really what mm-hmm. it comes down to we're still family i'm still always here for you and then the next morning we drove up and had to go to OU and have an interview for the OU honors program which is what I um, end up getting into, but it was just one of those things where it's it's such an interesting time. I, I think my dad, I don't know if you ever listened to the podcast, but I think that he did these things just to challenge me, you know? I think that's <laughs> what it is. So he's trying to be an even bad, better dad throughout the whole <laughs> right. time. Um, but it's just such an, such an interesting time. I think the thing that I really took away from that is that um, there... There's a lot of tough things that happen, and there's a lot worse things that happen to a lot of other people. But I really do believe um in grit. And grit is one of the things that I like like to talk a lot about a little bit. There's this lady her name's Angela Duckworth, I believe. And it's either Angela or Amber, I believe Angela. And she really talks about grit. And she talks about how you can grow grit and you can learn grit, but Which I think is important, but the thing that is also really important is that almost every successful person that she sees has has a very high um, grit character. I would say, and I think that's it's a really. I don't want anything bad to happen to anybody, but I think that if you look at you know these negative things as a way to you know you're tested, right? There's hard times. Hard times happen for a reason to test you, so you can prepare yourself for other times mm. so you know my dad went to jail in the past and it gave me the ability to be able to to stand there and talk to my little brother mm. and tell him that hey you know your my dad our dad loves us and he's going to be back and it's all going to be the same and I, I think that it's really hard to turn bad situations into good situation and use it as motivation but i think that was another time that almost retold my motivation for going to college mm-hmm. and it, it was such a weird weird thing um the other thing too that that helped is the the first week that i ever had to work in my life um my dad uh had me in a bathroom doing garage flooring for 80 hours that was <laughs> time working ever. wow so i'm in there with like this little jackhammer. <laughs> <just> like, <laughs> it was the worst experience <laughs> ever but uh, i think that, that was another time where you know, hey, if I have to work eighty hours in this little bathroom in the with the jackhammer, I think I'll I'll be okay studying for sixty hours. <laughs> yeah. But just internet it's it, I I think that I'm programmed a, a little strange, but that's that's one way that I've looked at at these different things. So
0: so, you, that's did, so you, good did though. Dane? Did you hate uh the garage floor or the garage flooring or spreading mulch more? Definitely the
1: garage floor. <laughs> but it was kind of funny because like. The guys that we worked with were absolutely characters (laughs) so i i heard some things that should never be (laughs) repeated out of their mouths but man it was it was so funny and i you know what i think this is actually another really good point is that um i think that i've been placed in positions where i'm able to connect with a with lots of different people in lots of different ways so i worked at ups i worked in these construction worker jobs i've you know been able to. I went to Kinder where, um, you know, it's whatever seventy percent free and reduced lunches. I think that's really taught me how to connect with mm-hmm. people, and I think that that's a a very very underutilized skill and something that can help in anything you do, whether it's ministry, whether it's work, whether it's making friends, mm-hmm. like your social life. I think that that's something that's super important and, and isn't stressed enough like if you do a whole bunch of different things throughout your life it makes you connect with people in so many i also ways. think
2: you have a social gene because it, your entire family has yeah. that social gene <laughs> which yeah that, you know that what is, it's it, so i have to say this dane it is crazy that we don't know each other better um and i think some of that has yeah, to do with definitely. timing but like my wife and corinne your aunt is our best friends you know I'm really good friends with Rusty yeah. we're always talking with Brian and Sarah like you know I saw them the other day out there yeah. with that big old 11 yards of mulch and like you know I, I <laughs> yeah. talk to them constantly but here's the thing like your entire family that is that is what I would define like you a word to define your your entire family is like People that seek out relationships with people. I mean, that's that's just like yeah. when when I think Toad Vine, <laughs> like that's that that's the relationship yeah. comes to mind. Like that, that's yep. the synopsis. Yeah, and yeah, I mean that's really speaks the positive
1: positive things being in your life and yeah. passed down. I mean, th- my grandpa, when we were we were younger, he would always take me after baseball games at Rice mm. Field. Um, which smells like soup all the time <laughs> yeah. in case there's anybody not from my Amersburg around here. He would he would um take us to get ice cream after. And no matter when, what time he went, no matter what, it didn't matter if there was only three people, other people in there, he would know at least three <laughs> every single time he yeah. went into the Dairy queen and he talked to each other, and then he talked to each person for like ten yeah. minutes. I have to get like a, a, a second
0: visit. That dude knows a lot of people. That yeah, is for sure. <laughs> And he knows he He has some of the funniest sayings I have ever heard in my life too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that cracks me up. That's so good. So good. Um, so I guess, uh, man, this is, this has been way better than (laughs) I, way better than I even thought. I mean, not that I didn't think it was going to be good, but, uh, you know, just so many, so many cool experiences, um, Dane. That you, well, I guess maybe not "cool" is the right word, but experiences that turned out to be really cool things um, that were yes. that were a part of your oh, life. So. Um, you know, and just the the perspective that you have on it, I think, is one that is unique. I think uh, most people probably, and I'm not saying it's not, it's I'm not saying that it's uh, through no struggle that you arrived at that perspective, but I think that uh, you know most people probably struggle to end up having that perspective even even after the fact so i think it's really incredible first of all that you uh, are able to have that perspective but uh but uh i, I guess kind of want to not necessarily change gears but uh dive into kind of what i guess has led you maybe more in the recent past to where you are now so you know i mentioned earlier that <clears throat> excuse me dane He's talked about how he went to OU, um, had three majors, obviously did very well. And uh, so, so Dane, if you don't mind kind of sharing a little bit about how you chose uh, to do what you did, the fields that you studied, and then kind of some of those experiences while you were in college that shaped you and uh, and kind of got you to where you are now. You know, maybe challenges, uh, but also maybe even more of those people who kind of had a positive impact in your life during your time at OU.
1: Yeah. Um, so to start off, I thought that I was going to do computer science and um, MIS, which is management information systems. And I really decided that because I wanted to keep every door open. Once again, I was like, well, if I have this computer science background. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but people didn't <laughs> like it. Um, that, that was really my thought. And I had no idea um, what different job opportunities were out there what it would have meant to go to a ivy league score these different things and um got to campus and was walking around this little like career fair or it wasn't career fair um organization fair and this guy comes up to me and he talks about hey, do you want to manage $3 million of the university's endowment fund? And I didn't really know what an endowment fund was, but I was like, $3 million, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, I, I guess I'll talk to this guy, so I get the flyer. Um, turns out we have a thing for my my honors uh, business group, whatever you want to call it, and the same guy's there. So I talk to him again, and he tells me about it, and he's like, come interview. And so I start interviewing and it was, uh, we get this little piece of paper and it says, hey, you need to research these topics and then turn it in. And then if you do well, you can get an interview, whatever, whatever. So I start researching these topics and it's like, what does interest rates mean? And are they going to go higher? And like this stuff, this, that. And I just kind of fell in love with it because I was. Once again, just going down the rabbit hole of all these different things like, oh, there's this word. I don't know what it means. There's this word. I don't know what it means. Um, so join that group and quickly decide that I want to become a finance major. Yeah. So I switched to finance, MIS and business analytics. And it was one of those another time where I literally stepped up foot on campus and I decided uh, four years from now or three years from now, I'm going to get a job on Wall Street because I think that if I get a job there, I can kind of go wherever after I can hopefully go to business school. I can do this, do that. And it, and it really gives me um, a good first step hmm. forward. And that was kind of how I started off my college career and, and moved on from there.
0: Yeah. And I mean, at this point, like you have basically achieved that goal, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Do you, I don't know if you work on wall street, but you work in the financial district of New York, if I'm not mistaken
1: yeah yeah so i work at a place called jeffrey's and i'm doing interest rate trading um which sounds boring and for 99 percent of the population it probably is um i i really i really like it and i do technically work on wall street which sometimes i don't want to tell people because they have a very um negative outlook on wall street and there's lots of you mean you're not like Jordan Belfort, Dane? That's not huh? your life. <laughs> uh I mean, I'm kind of, kind of like him in some ways. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, that, I would like to have like a a private boat and a private helicopter. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, that would Who would? Really nice. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would. I would not. I would not say no to that. Um, but I really, really like the aspect that. I'm surrounded by super smart Mm -hmm. people and I am able to be pushed and I'm able to learn a lot. Um, I'm literally sitting in front of a Bloomberg terminal every day, which is like basically just data flashes in front of you at at all times. And you are, my job is basically to make sense of the data and, um, trade off of it and hopefully make money. And that's pretty much the gist of my job. Um, and I, I really like it. It's not for a lot of people, but I, I'm really excited to be where I'm at. Um, I also get to have access, which is one of my, my favorite thing, The conversations between, you know, super, super smart people and, and things that a lot of people don't necessarily think about. But um, like the Federal Reserve, we were able to talk to people who are on the board there, or I'm not talking to them, I'm nowhere near powerful enough or know enough to, but listen on conversations of them talking to our economists and they talk about the coronavirus and how this is going to affect normal people. And we're going to drive down interest rates because that should put more credit Mm -hmm. into the economy. There should be more money into the economy. All these different things that I really like um, learning about and thinking about. And then I also like talking to other people about but the only problem is, is that most people don't like talking about it. Right. So yeah. you just kind of get, you kind of get blank stares. <laughs> uh, yeah. Point. I feel like
0: I can, I feel like I can like but, keep a conversation with Dane going to a certain extent when it comes to that kind of stuff. But then eventually it's like, yeah, he, he probably knows way more about this than I do. So <laughs> I'm just going to stop at this point. Cause you know, I, I think I've mentioned this on here before, but I'm a finance major, but nowhere near as uh, I did not go the, the investments, uh, route like dane did i i'm more of a corporate finance person but uh yeah i even if i was i'm sure i probably would not be able to uh, hold a candle in that kind of conversation with dane
1: yeah well that's i think this goes back to one thing um so first off i'm really like been blessed with the ability and passion to learn but i think also having you know the grit to be able to sit there and learn stuff and want to learn and pursue a long-term passion so the the lady um that talked about the angela lady she defines grit as i think it's passion and passion and perseverance for long-term goals and i think that that's something that i have and i really want other people to have as well and i think that that really plays into personal finances too because a lot a lot of a lot of of the mistakes can happen because you're thinking of a short-term goal you're thinking of a vacation you're thinking of this you're thinking oh hey it's gonna be awesome i'm gonna go out and have a filet Mm -hmm. mignon tonight and these are just small little things like i said before that maybe close a door in the future and and really just being able to have you know the passion and and more so perseverance in that instance to really look for to at uh, a long term goal. I think is something super important, and that I've tried to to grow in um, over over time. But is is also something that I've continued to learn in finance. It's something that my stepdad Brian also taught me day in and day out, which was very very helpful today. And if
2: anybody so, if anybody's wondering uh the book he keeps referring to is Angela Duckworth's Grit: The Power of Passion and Perseverance.
1: Yeah. So I actually haven't yep. read her book, but I have read I've listened to she has two TED Talks and a Google Talk and I've listened to both of those. Um and then she also is just super smart and does a lot of really cool studies and one of the studies that she did which I think is is um interesting is that in terms of like personal growth that you can basically chart people's personal growth and everybody's personal growth looks very, very different. And they're kind of the corners of their personal growth can shift, but she actually has shown with data over time that each person, if you have a group of a hundred people that as a whole on average, that they're per they will personally grow throughout whatever time that she's, she's ran a study. So there's a lot of really interesting things that she does with data that I, that I really like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I
2: actually read the book
1: just a couple of years ago. Topic. Yeah.
2: It, oh, did you? It, it's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Um, so okay. it, it, I'll have to honestly, get it. like I've I've also listened, to, I think I only listened to one of her Ted talks. It, a lot of it is, is what yeah. she covers in the book, but I mean, it's, it's so good.
1: Yeah. I really like it. And I, I like the fact that it's like, she shows yep. that everybody can grow personally and i have a lot of really really bad personality traits i need to work on so <laughs> don't
0: we all <laughs> yes my goodness i feel like the coronavirus has definitely exposed all of mine <laughs> that's that's been one of the things yeah. it's like man these are all here's all the things you suck at josh you yep. here's how to get better at them
1: uh, yeah hopefully well, i don't know
0: my personal <laughs> hygiene is. Well, even I don't know about you guys, now.
2: but when all this started, and I was like, so we're going to be home for like who knows how long. All right, here's all the things I want to get done. And now it's been like two months, something like two, almost three months. And I'm looking back and going, man, I'd, I've done like hardly anything. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> all this wasted time. Uh, yeah, that's a good smack in the face.
0: Yeah. I feel like I haven't like yeah, I feel like I haven't seriously. necessarily not gotten things done that I wanted to get done. I feel like for me and I'm interested to see where this goes after all of this stuff is lifted and you know kind of restrictions are eased a little bit, but I feel <laughs> like I have had a like this appetite for new um for kind of new passions and new hobbies, things that I would have never thought that I would have wanted to try, but now I'm like I really, really want to try this thing. I I've actually, it's interesting. Some of the things that you've mentioned, Dane, just about, you know, personal growth and and stuff like that. Like I've been thinking a lot about, um, you know, just the last couple of years of my life and, uh, you know, th- things that have things that have happened and things that I've had the opportunity to do, but then also the things that, you know, maybe I haven't had the opportunity to do. And, you know, I think one of the things that I can look at when I, when I look back on my life, especially the last couple of years is like, I can look back with a, with a kind of a, I wish I would have done more things that were outside of my comfort zone. Like I wish I would have pursued Mm -hmm. things that, because I think what can happen is, you know, we, we have this idea of who we are and I think we also have this idea of who other people think that we are. And so anything that's outside of that box, like we can be really hesitant to pursue, even if we think we'd really want to do it. And so I feel like that's something for me that, man, I, I hope that I pursue some of those things that I uh, feel like I want to, even though they're not necessarily who I would say like, Oh, this is like part of who I am, or this is who everybody thinks that I am. So I know I kind of went off the road there, but Mm -hmm. I felt like a lot of the things that you had mentioned were kind of tied into that.
1: That is, that is very true. My problem is that I, I try to do all this like random stuff and I'm just never good at it. And I can't like, I don't know, like no matter what I do, I will never be a good artist in my whole entire life, no matter what. And so I use, I used to have I used to have to have Josh do my uh, my art projects every once in a while. So don't tell anybody that. But, um, and then the other thing, the other thing that I that I keep trying to do, and it's not very easy in my apartment, um, but trying to cook, I'm the worst cook ever. And I have no patience. I have literally no patience for it at all. Like you know how they they say that you need to do things to energize you. Well, like if I cook and clean for thirty minutes, I'm supposed <laughs> to rest that. Cool. I can't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's just so bad. Like I really can't do it no matter what. And I've I haven't I haven't tried the art thing, but I've tried to cook so many times. And you need to visit
0: the right. uh, Count Ricci uh, Culinary School. He used to cook up all of uh, all of the fisher's food for us that night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that is true. That was. Uh, well, I, I did live with him, too. So going back to the, the college um, question, is that Richie, Connor Richie, is probably the <laughs> funniest human that I've ever met in my whole entire life. So <laughs> we may have not ever rubbed up on each other on in the best of ways. But, man, I tell you what, he, he, is taught, he is gave me some comic relief. That is for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, that
0: dude. I wish I saw him more. <laughs> me, too. I wish I saw yeah, everybody that's more. That's I'm in the coronavirus <laughs> yeah, yeah, world. Man. How has that? How has that been? Like, that's an interesting point. Like, how has that been going from, obviously, like a New York City, probably the busiest city of the world, kind of the epicenter of the financial world, the epicenter of, uh, you know, the fashion world, the the uh, arts, everything pretty much. How has that been to see that city go from what it was to like kind of what it is now, as far as you know people and the culture and everything
1: um so two things that i'll say number one is it's really really weird um because of like i walked down to Times square because my desk was actually getting moved so we could have social distancing in the office um i walked down to Times square there was literally (laughs) 10 people wow myself included it was the most amazing thing ever there was nobody in midtown which is where i work like near the Empire State Building, there's nobody there at all. And then the other weird part is where I live, which is normally 10 times quieter than Midtown, it's the Upper East Side, it's to the east, the right side of um, Central Park, is actually almost just as busy as it seems half the time. So it, it, yeah, it's, it's because that's where a lot of like actual native New Yorkers right. have lived and grown up. So that part is probably 75% um, of normal. And then Midtown is probably one wow. percent hmm. of normal. And the the, the one thing that I, I think from my from my job and being in New York and, and everything is um it, it's really kind of scary. The other part is too, is like you see that like all the restaurants by us are closed, like all these different things are going on. The barber shops aren't open, which everybody knows, but just in how dense everything is and seeing all these places close is actually
0: Mm.
1: kind of scary to me, which isn't a great note to leave off on, but I think it's something that we really need to um, be thinking about. And that's what I have to think about for my job too. So it's, it's, it's kind of a scary time too. I, I think we're at close to the peak happiness right now for with everything going on. I just, I really hope that it doesn't, doesn't get worse. Not saying it will, but just yeah. it's kind of scary and it's something to think about.
0: So we usually, you know, kind of towards the end, we'll wrap up with what we call our one thing, which is pretty much like based on the fact that we believe that everybody has a voice and everybody has a story that is worthy of being shared. Everyone has these experiences that they have in life that have shaped them and molded them and there's something within them <clears throat> that the world needs to hear. So we ask our guests, like, what is that one thing that you feel like, <clears throat> you know, the world needs to hear based off of your experience of your life? And so uh, we could jump into that if you want and kind of wrap it up from there. Or if there's anything else, you know, that we kind of wanted to cover. I mean, I think one other thing that maybe we could we could talk about before we wrap up is just Um, maybe advice that and I know you've you've sprinkled a lot of this in throughout our time, but like advice to let's say somebody who is going into college or maybe even about ready to leave college, advice that you would give them about pursuing whatever it is that they want to pursue. Because obviously you are someone who uh is pretty evidently like chasing your dreams. You know, you've moved out of uh moved out of the state you grew up in, moved out of the city that you grew up in into probably like the the city that would provide the biggest cultural shock that you could imagine um, in order to pursue your dreams. And so I think it could be cool to hear you kind of give some advice on, you know, what would you tell people who are trying to start their life and, and their careers and, and stuff like that um, before we get to the one thing. Okay.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I'll start going off of that. I think one thing that, that is very hard to do, and it's probably the hardest um, thing to do, is really to decide what that dream is. Because for me, I didn't ever dream to move to New York City. I wasn't somebody like, I want to get out of Ohio. I want to get out of my Amherstburg. I pretty much always thought that I was going to stay in my Amherstburg. And I love my family. I love being with them. There was a lot of times where I couldn't really imagine moving out of my Amesburg. Um, not really many people in my family did. And I kind of realized that, okay, maybe I'm going to need to go to Chicago. That'll be close to my family. So I interviewed in Chicago my sophomore year and I didn't get the job. And then I realized like, Hey, there's so many more job opportunities in New York. I know this is what I want to do. I know this is a way that I can continue to learn and really push myself because I want to be challenged. So I think knowing what your dream is and then being able to go after that, if you think that you want to go to New York then pursue that. But for me, I just wanted to have a job that pushed me and I got to learn. I know a lot of people say that, and you know, some people be like always oh, doing it for the money and the that's, that's not completely false, but I really did it. I did what I did because I wanted to have a job where I was able to grow and learn and see new things. Um, the other thing that i would say advice to people in college or anywhere that want to figure out what they want to do with their life is talk to everyone and ask Mm -hmm. as many questions as possible so i i ask some questions to some people about some careers and about these different things and i didn't really look online that much of what there there was to do i kind of figured hey, I've done well in school, I'll go do well in school again and I'll be able to do whatever I want. But I think it's another one of those things where you need to make sure you're putting your best foot forward and you're not leaving any of these, these doors unopened or that some are close shut behind you. So I think talking to people and knowing what's out there and asking questions is really good. Um, it's probably the most important thing that you can do. That's what I, I did um, once I decided that I want to get this job, I started asking people. And then, when you're asking people all these questions and you're showing genuine interest in these different things, they're going to want to help you. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's huge too. If they can see that you're actually interested, then they'll be there to help you. I think that that is super, sure. super, super important. And I, I like being in my fixed income group from OU. Like, not many people get jobs in New York. They don't get whatever job. They don't get this job, but. I've seen so many people make so many connections, um, that have helped them out just because they're asking questions and they're asking thoughtful questions and they're being genuine. Um, and I think that that's something that people don't want to do because asking questions makes you feel stupid. But even I, Josh, I don't know if you had any classes with me, but I would ask questions all the time in class because I wanted to know this stuff and it may sound stupid every once in a while, well, more often than not, asking the question is the smart thing to do and makes you sound intelligent, too, especially if you phrase it correctly. So that's my number one thing that I tell um, everybody is that they need to, to ask questions. And I, I think that's kind of cliche, but in going into and deciding what you want to do, asking questions is so huge.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with that. And I think you raised a good point with what you said about like, I think a lot of the times, and this is something you said you didn't do, that I think a lot of people end up doing is like, you know, in a lot of ways we think we can learn whatever we want on the internet, and with some things you probably can, but when it comes to getting, you know, face to face, real life examples of people who have done what it is that you're thinking about doing, I don't think that you know surfing the web is probably the best place to start, but having those conversations with the people that have done it, or the people that know people that have done it, I, I definitely think that that's, uh, cause I know for me, like when, you know, when yeah. I when I was thinking about what I wanted to do in school, first of all, I had freaking no idea. I actually started off <laughs> trying to be a doctor yeah. uh, for, for a little while. And then it was like, oh, maybe I'll be a teacher. Right. And then it was like, oh, maybe I'll go to art school and then you know obviously landed on finance so yeah. it uh it's it's one of those things where yeah. uh, i i to, i wholeheartedly agree that i think that uh, had i asked more and been more inquisitive about those kinds of things uh you know you know the ro- i don't know if uh, the road would have turned out any different but it definitely would have looked, looked different along the way so i i totally yeah. agree with that
1: yeah and i mean that it comes it's for anything and i think that that's um something that can be hard being in certain areas of the world met whether it be like the midwest these other places like i see people in new york who they're literally they'll go to like fancy preschools and then they'll go to a fancy you know elementary school and then they'll go to this fancy high school also they can go into this one school that their parents have dreamed of forever but the thing is, mm. is they hate it it's not their dream and like all these different things that go into it but i think that you know, being able to chart your own path for your, your whatever you think of your own dream can be super, super powerful and maybe can get you there quicker too, whether if it's in college or in life or um, one, one conversation that I will never forget having uh, with my stepdad, Brian, is he sat me down and was like, I really want you to think of something. And I'm like, what? He's like, what do you want in a wife, and why? And write all those things down and think about it and think about when you're talking to women or whoever you're talking to, um, be thinking about those things and have a, a goal in mind. And I thought that that was a really interesting way to to explain things, but it's, it's true. Like you, you want to make sure you're not wasting time and you're not wasting other people's times and you're being very thoughtful in what you're mm-hmm. doing and what you're mm-hmm. pursuing.
0: That's good. Okay. Well, um, Man, I know we've we been talking for a while. So, uh, you know, the, one of the things that we usually that we usually kind of end with is uh, what we call our one thing for for anybody that's listening. If you haven't listened before, uh, our one thing is really just it's based on the fact that we truly believe that each and every individual has a story and that story is worthy of being shared and that story has been shaped by the experiences that they've had in life, the, the things that they've gone through, the events um, that they've encountered. And so we believe that because of all that, there's something within each one of us that needs to be shared with the world. And so our one thing is us asking our guests, because of, because of the fact that we believe those things, what is that one thing that you feel like the world needs to hear? So, Dane, I'll ask you that question. What is the one thing that you feel like the world needs to hear from Dane Toadbine based on your life and your experiences?
1: So I tried to prepare (laughs) for this question. And I really, yeah, I was really not able to come up with anything good. I basically wrote down what the whole entire point of your podcast was. I wrote, um, realize your past experiences give you a unique perspective and advantage to pursue your own dream. So it's basically what the whole entire podcast is about, and I, I wrote that um, previously, but I think really it comes down to knowing yourself and taking some time to be in- introspective so you can have a, a certain perspective of, of how you view the world and then also how others view you. And moving forward, you're, you're able to take advantage Uh, about those things but also know that you know the past really really shapes shapes how that happens and i think that that's something that's that i've actually been able to do really well and and kind of learn what other people think of me and and what i think of myself and and kind of compare those two and see what i'm doing Mm -hmm. wrong and see what i'm doing right um and it's such a it's such a hard thing to do but i i think I think that's kind of my one thing is is take a take a look around you and take a look at yourself and build your own own perspective of, of how everything's going and and decide what you can do um, to pursue your your long term goal with passion I'm um, kind of kind of the grit thing that I talked about so um, that's probably not one thing and probably way too long and probably doesn't make sense but that's kind of kind of my thought process on all that and then the other thing too is is that you're your family is blood and they're, they're always going to be blood. And I, I think it's very powerful, um, powerful to have that family in that community. And even if they're, they're not blood, there's still, there's, there's still a certain bond to you, you know? And I think that I have really seen that play out through, through all my life. Those are my two separate one <laughs> things that are both very long winded. So you can, uh, <laughs> you can splice those however you want, but basically I I couldn't come up with one thing, so I just.
0: um, You're good, man. No, you're good. That's that's pretty much. That is literally what everybody has said. It's been like, uh, I can't really break this down into one thing. Like Josh, you're giving me this chance to like tell the world what the one thing, like the one thing that I've learned in my life. Like I can't do it in one sentence. So we probably should adjust that. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. The other, the one sentence that I wrote down uh, too was. Practice grit to leave Hmm. every opportunity on the table. Um so that that was kind of my other my other thing. So I definitely did prepare and I still I still couldn't decide they were all good one thing like that's a (laughs) They were all good. They were
0: they were all good. And I would say that they probably the funny thing is like I would say that if you asked each and every one of us what our one thing was, every at the end of every year of our life it would probably be pretty different each and every year. Um yeah. You know, so I think, yeah. I think that's the cool thing about it too, is that because of the fact that our story is shaped by experiences, we're obviously always having new experiences. So we're always going to have yeah. a little bit of a different perspective. So, uh, I love it. I thought, thought all the, yeah. all of your one 100%. things were, were great, but, uh, man, I just really appreciate you giving us the time. Cause I know you're a busy guy and, uh, I know it's uh it's it's getting late for you. I know you've been uh, having a little bit of an early bedtime recently, but man, we just so greatly appreciate yeah. the fact that you were willing to come on. Yeah,
2: thank you guys. I absolutely I appreciate you having me. And um guys, if you have any questions um or um have have something you want us to talk about or want to come on the podcast and talk about something, um, you know, shoot us an email. It's the floor at gmail.com. And, uh, make sure you subscribe that way, you know, uh, when we push out new episodes.
0: Yep. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, if you have any questions for Dane too, uh, just based on some of the things that he talked about, you know, maybe it's something that, uh, you can relate to, or maybe you're entering into that season of life where you're trying to figure out like what you want to do for school, or maybe you have the same interest that he had. So, uh, you know, any questions, uh, for Dane, you can always email us and we'll make sure to, uh to shoot those over to him and to uh, connect you guys. So, uh, so yeah, thank you guys for listening and until next time, stay safe.